Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I give honor to God, who is definitely the head of my life. I honor my husband and pastor on today. And I honor all of you beautiful mothers that are here in the sanctuary and then those that are joining us via live stream. We honor you on today. So I have um, an assignment to give a message today. And the title of today's message is Chosen for Such a Time as This. You have been chosen for such a time as this. If you are here in this building or even watching via live stream, or maybe you may come back and, and um, view the stream later on in the week, and under the sound of my voice, you have been chosen for such a time as this. Amen. So being chosen, not forsaken, not forsaken, because we are children of the most high God and as I started to study and um, ask the Lord to help me with this message the Lord took me back to um, 1994 where um, me and this gentleman <laughs> I thought I'd make y'all laugh today <laughs> <laughs> Pastor and First Lady, 1994, prom at Eau Claire High School. And the Lord reminded me, he spoke to my heart and he said, it doesn't matter, and this is for you, this is for somebody. It does not matter where you came from or what happened in your past, but what matters is where you're going and what God has purposed for you today. This, this broken, insecure, she's smiling on that picture, but she a mess. She a mess. You hear me? Anybody in this audience today that knows us personally, our, our siblings, our, my mother, we were a mess. All right? But God started with this, this, uh, broken, insecure young lady um, with us back in 1994. Our relationship began. And, I, you know, God doesn't uh, call the qualified. He qualifies those he called. So God can use anybody. If he chose you, he's going to do the work in you. Rahab was a prostitute. David was a shepherd boy. It doesn't matter who you are or where you came from. This girl back in 1994 grew up in a neighborhood where uh, people would say, the, the children there ain't going to be nothing. Don't look for them to do nothing. Don't look for them to be nothing. They ain't going to be nothing. You hear me? And then my husband, okay, so I'm living in this neighborhood. We're living in this neighborhood where I remember my husband, uh, he wasn't driving when we first started. We were in high school, and um, I think his brother had dropped him off, and he, he was like, um, my brother said, be careful when you uh, leave here at night <laughs> or whatever. That, that's the neighborhood that we lived in. 
uh, Ron and I lived maybe three miles away from each other. We went to middle, elementary, middle, and high school together. Never came in contact with each other until high school. But I said that to say that God has a plan. And God has a plan for each and every one of you. He has chosen you for such a time as this. Just as he used these two messed up people, messed up. He turned our mess into a message for such a time as this. Amen. God can use anybody. But the thing about it is he can't use us until we give our lives and surrender to him. Before we were orphans, we were slaves to this world. We are no longer slaves to this world. Galatians 4, 5 through 7 says, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Mm. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, my Father in heaven. I can call out to him. I am no longer separated from him. From him. I am no longer an orphan. I am no longer a slave. I belong to the most high God. And you, you are no longer a slave. You are no longer an orphan. You belong to the most high God. You can call out to your father. Yes, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you heir. An heir. As an heir, there's benefits. As an adopted child, you have benefits. I was studying this, and um, the Lord just uh, had me to think about benefits on a job. So when we start a job, after a certain period of time, you get benefits. And I don't know about y'all, but anybody that knows me, if I had my manager standing here and even my family, they'll tell you there's benefits that I'm not going to let run out. And one of them is my PTO. My PTO is something that I have earned, and I'm going to take every bit of it. My manager says, y'all make sure y'all use y'all time. Don't let your time, uh, at the end of the year, you can't use your time. You don't have to worry about Tammy. She is using every bit of it. I will not lose it. And so God wants us to use the benefits that we have as his children, heirs of the Most High God. One of the benefits that you have is his protection. He covers us. He keeps us. One of the other benefits is his favor. The favor of God. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, you don't need man's favor. You need the favor of God. The favor of God does anything. Favor ain't fair when it's God's favor. Amen. Hallelujah. His protection, his peace, his joy, all of those benefits that if we don't know that we have them, we'll lose them. 
If you don't use them, you will lose them. You have those benefits available to you. And this morning, I want to talk about an orphan, Esther. The book of Esther, a familiar passage to probably everyone in here. Esther was an orphan who was raised by her uncle, or excuse me, her cousin Mordecai. Her mother and father were no longer living. And um, at the time in Susa or Persia, Esther and the Jews were there in Persia. And King Xerxes was having these lavish parties for, I think it was uh, six months or 180 days. And during this time, they were, the Bible says they were high in spirits in one translation. So they, they were having a good time. And at the end of these uh, parties and uh, banquets, the last seven days, King Xerxes and um, his uh, queen at the time, Vashti, they had uh, their own separate celebrations. And at the end of it, King Xerxes says, call for my queen. I want to show her off to my eunuchs or my homeboys or my company. She was beautiful. He wanted to show her off. Queen Vashti said, no, I'm tired. I've been partying just like you've been partying. I don't feel like it today. How many of us grew up in a house where when your parents' company came over and you had a little talent, they call you out, come on, show them what you can do. <laughs> and, and when you didn't do it, they got mad. Go sit down somewhere. I want to hear you talking about it next time. So King uh, Xerxes got upset. King, uh, Queen Vashti didn't want to show off her beauty this time. She was sick of it. She said, no, not today. And so King uh, Xerxes uh, goes to his uh, eunuchs or his homeboys and consults with them and asks them, what should I do with her? Put her out. He said they, you know, talked with him and they told him, you know, she should be removed as queen. These are his buddies now telling him to remove his queen. The closest ones to him, remove your queen. But he's high in spirits right now, so Queen Vashti is removed. And after he settles the next day, and he's no longer high in spirits, he ain't got his queen no more. He needs a queen. So he goes back to those same homeboys and says, what shall I do? We got to find you another one. And God had raised up another queen, an orphan, one that you wouldn't even think about. One that would not even be chosen by man, but she had won the favor of God. God had raised up Queen Esther. The Esther anointing, God had raised up someone that was anointed for such a time as this. And during this process, there was other women that were called to go through this beautification process to become queen. But Esther had already won favor, the favor of God and of man. And so I thought about them going through this beautif beautification process and I actually thought about myself. And I don't know, some of you may have felt the, the, the same way. In the natural, 
in a, in a beauty pageant, it's people that's picking who's going to be the, 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 uh, the winner of the pageant. But in Esther's case, God had already given favor. She didn't need the approval of anyone. God had already given her favor. And so I thought about myself. I'm going to be honest with you. If I was one that was ever in a beauty pageant growing up, I wasn't popular. I already told you we came from a neighborhood. It was like, mm-mm. I would not have won because man was choosing. I would not have won. Not because I wasn't beautiful, but because man was choosing. And I am so glad that my life does not depend on man. And, and, and you ought to be glad that your life, your destiny, does not depend on man. God sets your destiny. God says what he has called you for. God has chosen you for such a time as this. Amen? And in this beautification process, it was a, I believe, a year-long process where they went through um, getting beautified and with different uh, oils and things. And um, the Lord had me, about two years ago, study the process of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. And he brought that back to my remembrance as I was preparing this message. And so I was like, when he um, had me to stay, he woke me up four day in the morning, like he does always when he wants to speak to me. And I got up that morning, he says, I want you to study the butterfly process or becoming a butterfly. And I'm like, God, why? I don't like biology. I don't like, I mean, I'm not, no offense to those that like animals. I'm not an animal lover. No offense to anyone that does, but I didn't understand it. As a matter of fact, I failed biology in, in um, high school. I had to take it twice. I just, they had uh, cats and stuff on the, on the table, and we had to dissect and stuff. That just wasn't for me, so I had to end up taking it twice. And so I'm like, God, okay, what is it that you want me to get from this? And he said, the butterfly, the process of becoming a butterfly is just like you, just like you and I. This butterfly starts off as this creepy little crawling nothing on the ground, caterpillar, nothing. And it's a little ugly little thing, to be honest with you. It's nothing at this point. But it's crawling around eating all that it can, absorbing all that it can while it's crawling around, getting full. And God says that's how we are when we first come to him. We're soaking in his word, reading his word, getting full off of his word, eating on his word. And then he says the second stage is that the caterpillar goes into the cocoon stage where it's full it has eaten and absorbed all that it can, and now it's just twirling around, just digesting all that it has eaten. And that's how we are. He said, that's how you are, Tammy. You've been walking with me for a long time. Now it's time for you to digest all that you know, all that I have put in you. Settle down and just let it rest in you. Absorb all that I have put in you. And God says to each and every one of you, 
If you are a born-again believer, his spirit dwells in you. When you read his word, it's in you. And when you need it, he'll bring it back to your remembrance. Amen? And then he said that third stage is the butterfly is now ready. This beautiful butterfly that started from nothing, this creepy, crawly, little, furry, ugly little thing. As a matter of fact, it's so low on the ground, just like we are before we come to Christ, that if you aren't careful, you'll step on it. You'll destroy it. But now it's at the stage to become that beautiful butterfly. It's ready to bust out of that cocoon. The wings are still a little bit wet at this point, but it's ready. It's ready. And then once the wings are, dry, are dried, it bursts out and it, it becomes what God intended it to be. And it flies around just as beautiful as it can be, unique, not like any other butterfly that's out there flying. And you are, God says, you are the same. You have soaked in all of my word, and now it's time for you to be who you were becoming for such a time as this. Amen? And you're unique. You're not like anybody else on this planet. God called you for such a time as this because he knew that nobody else could do what he called you to do like you were going to do it. Like Pastor Ron said, mothers, he knew which, uh, what children he was going to assign to you. He knew the special attention that they needed. And he knew which mother needed what children. Amen? Some of us can't deal with, you know, needed children or what have you. We, he, God knows what we need. God knows who to assign to whom. I was talking with a um, friend of mine, and they were talking about um, a bad uh, marriage that they came out of. And she made mention of hating the fact that um, she had to, you know, have someone else's name. And they're no longer, you know, in this marriage or whatever. And... Um, in this marriage, she um, adopted her stepdaughter. Um, the, the child's mother is no longer living, and there was an um, issue with the father, and so she adopted the uh, child. And so she, a couple weeks ago, was talking about how she hated the fact that she had gone through this um, divorce. And I reminded her how God had used her to be a mother to this precious daughter, to this precious child. And God knew that her love, her tender love, her affection, and all that this child would need, losing her mother, God knew that that child needed her touch. God knew and called her for a time such as this. Amen. We're going to jump down to uh, Esther chapter 4, verse 10. 
and we're going to read through 16. Then Esther told Hathach to say to this to Mordecai, Mordecai, all the king's leaders and all the people of the king's provinces know this. The king has one law for any man or woman who goes to the king without being called. That person must be put to death unless the king holds out his gold scepter to them. If the king does this, that person's life will be saved. And I have not been called to go see the king for 30 days. Then Esther's message was given to Mordecai. When he got her message, Mordecai sent his answer back. Esther, don't think that just because you live in the king's palace, you will be the only Jew to escape. If you keep quiet now, help and freedom for the Jews will come from another place. But you and your father's family will die. And who knows, maybe you have been chosen to be the queen for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this answer to Mordecai. Mordecai, go and fast. Get all the Jews in Susa together and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days and nights. I and my women servants will fast too. After we fast, I will go to the king. If he did not call me, excuse me, I know it, it is against the law to go to the king if he didn't call me, but I will do it anyway. And if I die, I die. At this point in Esther, there's the evil man, Haman, who has plotted against the Jews. And um, Esther's cousin, Mordecai, who's an official, learns of the assass assassination. And Esther learns that her cousin Mordecai is at the king's gate mourning, in mourning clothes. She sends clothes to him and says for him to change his clothes. These are mourning clothes. You're not supposed to be before the king's gate in mourning clothes. And he sends back to Esther and says, no, I will not put on any other clothes. And he lets her know that there's an assassination on the Jews. Esther is a Jew. And there's an assassination on her life and all of the Jews in Susa at this point. And, and her cousin Mordecai tells her, who knows if God has placed you as queen has assigned you, has anointed you as queen for such a time as this. And God wanted me to tell somebody today that who knows if God has called you, has chosen you, has appointed you for such a time as this. And Mordecai says to Esther, oh, don't think because you're queen now you've arrived. You want us. If we go down, you're going down. Don't think you've arrived. If you keep quiet, you and all of your family will be destroyed. God has chosen you for such a time as this. The interesting thing about Esther is um, God's name is not mentioned not one time in the entire book. 
but his fingerprints are all over it. Covering his people, covering the Jews. And Esther has a responsibility to either go back to the palace and act like she don't know what's going on and pray that she's going to be saved or she can speak up. And, and she's speaking up because she's queen. And before this happened, her cousin uh, Mordecai actually learned of one of the king's homeboys or eunuchs plotting to kill him. He learns of this and he, he tells Esther. And so Esther makes the king aware of it. And one night while the king is, I guess, couldn't sleep, he asks for his book of record. And as he's reading the book of record, he learns that Mordecai, Esther's cousin, was the one that saved his life. So Esther is queen. She, she's already won favor. And then her cousin Mordecai saves the king's life. Who knows if they've both been called for such a time as this. She, they've saved the king's life. Now it's time for them to save themselves. And so Esther knows that it is against the law to go to the king if you have not been called on. But she has to take a risk. At this point, it's not about her. And today, it's not about us. Our lives are not our own. We belong to Christ. And he has chosen us for a time such as this. And so that means that we have to get out of the way. Get out of God's way. Do what he has chosen you to do. Do what he has called you to do. The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. And that means that all of us are called. He calls all of us. We are all his children. But he handpicks those that he knows that's going to follow. He, he searches the heart. He knew the heart of Esther. He knew that she would not Think about herself. She could have thought about herself, but she didn't. She took a risk. She says, if I die, I die. But I'm going to do what I can to save my people. And so she goes to the king, taking a risk. She goes to him. And he asks Esther, what is it that you want? He actually stretches out his scepter to her. She's one favor with him. She, he says, what, what is it that you want? He says, I'll give you half of my kingdom. Whatever it is that you want, I'll give it to you. And so this man, Haman, this evil man, the enemy, like the same enemy that we have today that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God came that we may have life, or Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant in his grace, abundant in his peace, abundant in his favor. This evil man, Haman, has come and, and plotted this plan to annihilate Mordecai because he won't bow down to him. He ain't God. God says to bow down to no other gods, to put no other God before him. Like the uh, three he Hebrew boys in Daniel, Shadrach, Shadrach, 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They weren't going to bow down to the foreign god. And then the, the, they had them build this uh, fiery furnace for them. The same ditch that is dug for you. Amen. That same ditch that the enemy digs for you, they will be overtaken by it. The ones that were uh, creating the fiery furnace for him, they were consumed. And the three Hebrew boys came out without a stench of smoke, without a stench. We have an enemy today that wants to destroy us. But the Bible says that no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And any tongue that rises up against you, it will be condemned. That's the word of God. That's the word of God. Don't worry about the enemy. God says they're going to form. They're going to come. But it will not prosper. It will not prosper. They're going to form. The warfare that I had the past two weeks, y'all, I feel like running around this church right now because he tried it. He tried it. Especially the last week. But I said, Satan, get thee behind me. My father says, you can't even touch me. The weapon is going to form, but it's not going to prosper. So I stand on your head and crush you in the name of Jesus. So Esther has been chosen to save her people. And as I was studying this, <laughs> this, I, this word has been in my spirit for uh, a while now. I kept seeing this scripture in uh, Esther 4, chosen for such a time as this. And I remember talking to God one morning, and I said, God, this is something that happened. I was in my 20s, and I said, God, why did, um, why did I have to do that? Why did you want me to do that? And y'all know God, when you ask him something, he going to speak back to you. He said, I didn't need you. I chose you. God don't need us. He chooses us. He does not need us. He let me know clear. I didn't need you. I, I chose you. There's trillions of people on this earth that I created. And I don't need you. I choose you. Amen. So we being chosen for such a time as this, we have the opportunity to step up and do what God has called us to do. Maybe there's a child that you've been assigned to. Even on that job that you're assigned to, you're called to make a difference. You're chosen to make an impact. Not to just stand back and just be like a, a fly on the wall. You're called to make a difference. You have been chosen for such a time as this. 
Be who God has called you to be. His spirit, his spirit dwells in you. His spirit is alive in you. If you have confessed Lord as your savior, his spirit is in you. His spirit is leading and guiding you. I remember I, I always wanted to just be quiet. I didn't want to talk. Don't say nothing to me. I ain't going to say nothing to you. I just want to sit back. But God has chosen us to make an impact in the world. And, and in this world today, we need people making a difference. We need people making an impact. We have a choice. It's either going to be our kingdom or God's kingdom. You're going to be about your business or your father's business. I remember uh, when we first started attending Capital City Church, We, uh, some of you probably heard me say this before, but um, my sister-in-law, Sherry, was getting baptized, and she invited us for the baptism. And I remember us coming here, and Pastor Ron said, um, you know, he enjoyed the service, and um, he was able to understand the preaching and the teaching. And so at the time, I was attending another church, my mother and I, uh, with some family members. And I was comfortable where I was at. I was going in, shouting, and going right back out. And that's all I was doing, going in. I mean, I was listening to the word, shouting, getting my praise on, and walking right back out the door. But that's not what God wanted for me. And it was uncomfortable for me to make a change, but I knew God was doing something. He had my husband's attention, and I had to jump on that. He had, he had his attention. And so while it was uncomfortable for me to make that switch, to make that change, I knew that there, God was doing something. And so we, we, my mom came with me. We started coming here at Capital City Church, and we've been here ever since. And I thank God for I thank God that I did not think about self. Because I could have stayed where I was at. Because I was getting my praise on every Sunday, shouting and dancing. But I wasn't walking in my purpose. I was running. I was hiding. God is calling his people out of hiding for such a time as this. And if you've been running, you've been hiding, God is speaking. Get out of his way. You've been chosen for such a time as this. God wants to do great things through you. He wants to make an impact in your family. Who knows if you've been called for such a, such a time as this to break generational curses? Who knows if you would be the change that that child needs? We got to stop being worried about how we feel. 
it's in my most uncomfortable times that God has used me. And if you're comfortable, you got to get out of your comfort zone. He can only use me, and I'm speaking for me, when I'm uncomfortable. Because when I'm comfortable, I'm leaning on myself. And he wants to use you. You've been chosen for such a time as this. And in my closing, God had me to just think about the story of Esther and compared it to his son, Jesus Christ. And Esther, in Esther's story, that there's the evil man, Haman, the enemy, who has come to or devised a plan to destroy uh, Mordecai and the Jews. And in the same way, the serpent came to destroy mankind. But God had a plan, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ. He had a plan for Esther and the Jews. He raised up a queen, Queen Esther, to save the Jews. And then on the third day, his son rose. Esther had uh, the people praying and fasting for her for three days. And then when he rose, he seated at the right hand of the father. And we can have life and life more abundantly. And then with Esther and the Jews. Mordecai was then raised up to be second in charge. Esther was already there with the king. And then her cousin Mordecai was raised up to be second in charge with King Xerxes. I want to encourage you today to step up to the plate. Get out of your comfort zone. Be who you are. We're called to be. It's time to be who you've been coming for such a time as this. Thank you. Amen.